Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 65 on this Monday, August 30th, 2021. Frank, Nick, how you guys doing today? Pretty good. Same old. Same old. I mean, that sounds right. The Jets, I mean, actually got a pretty, I think that was happened over the uh, podcast. The Jets got a nice little Hail Mary win. Or did yeah. that happen before last episode? Maybe my times are just honestly off. Was that Saturday night? Friday night. Or the, Friday night. Friday okay, so night. yeah, so it was after last episode. Um, yeah. That was probably the best preseason game in like a while. I mean, yeah. maybe all time. But They actually scored points in that preseason game on like other ones. Yeah, 31-31. Like that's, like, yeah. that's a high-scoring game for preseason. But yeah. um, and, and you see the Jets social media team, they kind of like um, played around with it, how, you know, Aaron Rodgers kind of was the one who made James Morgan the Hail Mary King. Yeah. So I, I got to say that was eight plus tier social media. The, the, Jets the Jets social media team was better. And we saw them all when we were at the practice thing and they were all recording on the phones and stuff. Yeah. The Jets cool. social media teams on top, they're, they're doing some, they're doing some good things over there. All right. But anyways, now we're getting into more serious topics. Deshaun Watson um, could be traded to the, you know, the Panthers or the Dolphins are the two teams rumored to have interest in Deshaun Watson. And even Panthers owner, David Tepper went as far as saying that he would give a hefty price up to get Watson in the building and, and be a Carolina Panther. Um, and obviously the Panthers have been seeking that, you know, franchise quarterback since Cam Newton left. We got some AFC East team previews. We're done with the NFC. Now onto the AFC. J.K. Dobbins unfortunately got injured. Um, he tore his ACL. It was just officially confirmed yesterday, which is, I mean, horrible. And Minshew, Gardner Minshew got traded to the Philadelphia Eagles. So now Jalen Hurts and him have a little, you know, QB competition over there. And, I figured, you know, after Trevor Lawrence had won out the QB one, which is such a tough battle for him to win, I figured they would trade uh, Minshew to get, you know, Minshew out of the way. Because Minshew, Minshew seems like a serious competitor. Like, I mean, I don't know if it's just me, but he seems like the type of guy that, you know, maybe trip over you or, or try to trip you over, you know, just so you could fall and he, he could st steal the job. I mean, he didn't take a, a number two, as we call it, uh, for what, like two weeks, he two said? Weeks. Yeah. Two weeks. Yeah, for like two weeks during the training camp. But um, anyways... Lastly, we got Mailbag Monday, um, once again, on the Instagram and on the YouTube community tab is a new feature that I just did ask some questions and maybe you'll get featured on the podcast and we'll answer them. So let's hop on into today's, ep into today's episode. Um, we begin with Deshaun Watson and the trade rumors around him. The Dolphins and Panthers are rumored to be the, you know, the two teams in the front of the race for him. And, you know, like I said in the intro, Panthers owner David Tepper said he would give a hefty price up meaning multiple first-round picks, because I remember the Texans, they said that they would do a package of three first-round picks only at a minimum back in April. Now, obviously, a lot has gone on with the legal battle. I mean, it's been a couple of months since the legal um, proceedings have gone down. It's gotten kind of worse for Deshaun Watson, if you really think about it, because, I mean, a lot of people in April kind of thought it was just some joke, and a lot of people in April didn't really take it too seriously. They're like, oh, Deshaun Watson's going to be you know, at training camp, he'll be there for week one. But now as the, the, the days have gone on, you know, he's not, you know, the QB one, he's the QB four playing on the scout team secondary. I mean, it's kind of now starting to get really real. But the Panthers and Dolphins, I guess, don't really care about that. But I'm assuming, let's be honest, guys. I mean, the trade um, demand from the Texans has gone down significantly, I'm assuming. Because they know, I mean, he he's playing scout team safety for that next, next day. He could be in, I mean, he can be in prison. So, I mean... It's definitely, so that's definitely something serious to talk about, right? Obviously with the allegations, you know, we're not here to kid around about that, but we are kind of, you know, here to talk about the sports side of it with the, the, the Dolphins and the Panthers. And um, for me, 
I, I don't like this for any or for both the Dolphins and Panthers because, I mean, even if let's say he gets cleared, right? I don't think the NFL, however, like I think if he gets cleared in legal, legal proceedings, I don't think the NFL will let him play this year. I just don't see how he plays this fast and it turns around this fast. Now, maybe next year he'll play and maybe it's worth it, but it's such a risk. I mean, come on. It's like a 90% chance he doesn't ever see the NFL an NFL field again. And you're going to pay three first-round picks, a good player on your team, and maybe, you know, other picks in later rounds of the draft. That's not worth it for me, at least. Yeah. They, you would be absolutely crazy to make a trade for Deshaun Watson at this point. I mean, I wouldn't do anything until obviously we find out what happens, but it seems very likely that at this point this season, he's not going to step on the field and maybe not ever again, like you said. But the crazy thing is uh, that, you know, the Dolphins and Panthers would take this risk. I think the Panthers are going in the right direction. and I think Miami is as well, uh, you know, at least rebuilding. And Miami was, you know, one win last last year against Buffalo away from the playoffs. And I get that Deshaun Watson makes him a contender right now because the quarterback position is obviously their weak spot with Tua. But, I mean, if you need a quarterback that bad, just move up in next year's draft. Same thing with Carolina with all those draft picks that you'd give up for Watson for someone that's going to, you know, play and that we know will be on the field. I mean, I, I think it would just be so much of a risk. And if the Panthers do that with that good young defense that they have building there, some of the wide receivers, uh, Christian McCaffrey, I think it could be a huge risk. And the same thing with the Dolphins. I get that quarterbacks make, you know, the Dolphins possibly Super Bowl contenders and the Panthers a playoff team maybe, but it's just way too risky. I, I, I don't, I can't see a team giving up three first round picks and more for Deshaun Watson at this point. It's definitely risky, but as, as Sneak said before, like the price has to have gone down, right? What if they're only asking for one first round pick and like a second round pick or something, then all of a sudden, like, I think you'd be crazy not to jump in on that, especially if you're one of these teams. Cause I think 90% is kind of high right now. I think there is still a chance he can play this season. Um, you know, but I mean, if you're one of these teams and you can trade for Deshaun Watson for a much cheaper value than what he's actually valued at, and then he actually plays, I mean, you just won the lottery. You just got a franchise altering quarterback for one pick or two picks, you know. Like, but I that's think- not reality, though. Like, that's not re- the, the, uh, the really the reality of it is that he probably won't ever play again. And that if the Panthers make this trade, it will be one of the dumbest trades in NFL history. What if he does play? And what if? Well, if he does play, then okay. Look, if we're obviously playing into that hypothetical, he, if what he if plays, his, his then it's a fantastic trade value trade. gets so low, you know, like because the Texans at this point they probably just want anything for him, you know. But I, mean, I think if he was clear in the legal allegations, then the Texans wouldn't have him be playing. They wouldn't have him playing scout team secondary. They would have him as quarterback one right now. Yeah, that's but, the thing that kind of confuses me. Didn't they also? Didn't Schefter also say that he he said that Watson said he'll never play down for the Texans ever again? But he's playing think, safety though, right? Or what? He, whatever he's doing. That's what they said. He was, yeah. And then he, yeah, but he's not. He's not taking reps. I think, you know, we kind of saw, I guess, the falling of it happen when they signed Tyrod Taylor and then they drafted Davis Mills. It it seems like to me that, you know, Tyrod Taylor will start the season this year and then Davis Mills will play a little bit. They'll see what they have with him in the next year. They're going to be obviously picking at the top and. Spencer Rattler or Sam Howell will probably be a Houston Texan next year. And Deshaun Watson will either be in jail or playing for another team. That, that's my, that it, to me, the Texans and, you know, people in the league know something that we don't mm-hmm. so far. Well, there's no yeah. doubt. He's never playing for the Texans ever again. I just, I still think there's a chance he could, but he could see him suit up for another. Team. You don't, you don't think that like, if he's forced to go to the Texans practice facility every single day, that they wouldn't have him play quarterback two at least maybe then even I, if he's forced to go or they just, you know, they're saying, screw you pretty much. We're done with you. Like, 
I think it would just be such a bad look at this point if they put him out there with everything going on. It's well, don't you think it would be a bad look if the Panthers traded for him? Like if the Dolphins yeah. traded for him, it would be a terrible look. Because he so wouldn't too. be able to play next season. No he, way. He should just be on the commissioner's exemplist. And I get and then, that. And then, like that loophole that he can't be right now, right? But yeah. Like this is ridiculous. And then Frank, think about this. Um, Tua and Sam Darnold, what about them? If you trade for Deshaun Watson, what's gonna happen for with those two guys' confidence? I mean, especially with the Dolphins where Two was a number six think, pick last year. Like you're just gonna, you're just gonna trade for Watson. But I then think Watson, two would be involved in that trade. Yeah, wouldn't both quarterbacks be? Involved yeah, oh, okay. So two would be involved trade. in the trade. Okay. I don't know about Sam because Sam's Sam, awful. But yeah, I, I think two would be. But you know what? The tech, the, te- I, I, I think like I said, based off the signing that they made with Tyrod Taylor and then drafting Davis Mills, that they had some, they know something in the back of their mind that Deshaun Watson's not going to play this season. I, I think it's just very obvious. And, you know, we could see it around the league. He's not taking any reps in training camp, being the quarterback for playing scout team safety. He's, you know, look, look at the way he looks when, you know, he's walking in and out of practice. He just, it just, it's really awkward. And could you imagine sharing a locker room with, you know, Deshaun Watson? It's at this probably like, so awkward. It's probably like awful, like in being his locker neighbor and stuff. Like, it's just probably so awkward. I, I like, I don't know. It's just a bad look in general, having him out there right now. And I don't know. I think you're crazy if you're a team and you give up you know, first round picks for this guy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, high risk, high reward, right? Because if, if he does play, he's obviously great, but there's so much risk. No doubt. All right. Um, let's move on to some AFC East team previews, of, of course. Um, starting off with the New England Patriots. I mean, they added Mac Jones in the draft with a first uh, round pick. I mean, he's playing pretty well in camp and could be the quarterback one in New England this season. Um, probably not week one. I think we all think not week one, but definitely like throughout the season, we might see some Mac Jones. Um, they also had a Matt Judon, Hunter Henry, Johnu Smith, Nelson Aguilar, and then Kendrick Bourne. I mean, they added a ton of guys in free agency. They spent tons of money. A great offseason from many people's accounts because they got more talent. They just got more talent, and they got the COVID opt-outs coming back. So, they, I mean, overall, they should be better. Yeah, they got Trent Brown, too, uh, back from the Raiders, and they also got um, Jalen Mills in the secondary, who's like another – because you know how the Pats love to use three safeties. He's another great yeah. piece to add back there as well. And some of their losses, you know, Joe Thune obviously went to the Chiefs. Julian Edelman retired, and then Adam Butler as well. Um, the strengths of this team, I mean, the defense is is pretty much, you know, the biggest strength of this team. I would just say overall, you know, the secondary is has got to be the secondary offensive line, you know, defense as a whole. This team's pretty well-rounded other than the quarterback position. And then the receivers, obviously, the tight ends are strong. Another probably one of the best tight end groups in the NFL with John Smith and Hunter Henry. Um, but for record predictions, I would say for the Patriots, nine and eight, 10 and seven range, maybe eight and nine. I think this team is really volatile. Like they have a really high ceiling, really low floor. So I could see them being 11 and six, being a good team in the AFC title game range. But I could also see them being like seven and 10. To be honest with you, I think this is the most underrated uh, football team in the, in, in, the, in, the, in the NFL. I don't know. This is something, you know, bites for me with Bill and, there's no way that they don't make the playoffs two years in a row. I honestly think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. I know I think I have my record prediction for them around 10 wins, but I could easily see them winning 12 or 13 games. I mean, before Cam got 12 COVID or last 13 year, games. Yeah, I'm, I'm serious. I, wow. I, I really believe in the Pats this year. I, I think, you know, they could even make a run to the Super Bowl possibly, or at least the AFC championship game. I, like I said, I think they're one of the most underrated teams in the NFL. If Cam doesn't work out and uh, doesn't play like he did last year before COVID, they added so many more pieces on offense. If he doesn't work out, then they have Mac coming and Mac plugs right in. They'll be great. That defense is going to be fantastic this year. And the offense added a lot of pieces. They might not have 
you know, a star player at the receiver group or the, you know, with the tight ends, they have two tight ends, but they have a lot of good pieces, a lot better than they had last season. Damian Harris, you know, James White in the backfield, that offensive line solid. I, I think this is the most underrated football team in the NFL at this point. Like I said, I, I think, you know, I, I have them at 10 and seven, but I, I would say it's only upwards for me. I, I think that my stock with the Patriots is definitely rising at this point. Mm-hmm. Another um, underrated aspect of this Patriots team is their running back room. I think you have, you have James White, then you have Damian Harris, and that uh, that's Ramondre Stevenson. Guys look pretty good so far in preseason. They have a ton of weapons on offense. Um, you know, maybe the receivers aren't great, but they're much better than what they had last year. And then you add in the tight ends, who could be very good pass catchers as well, and they just have so many options. I mean, Cam Newton's going to play better this year. I just don't see how he plays like he did last year. And their defense is going to be tremendous. They could be a top five unit in football if everything goes right. And you have the mastermind behind it all, Bill Belichick. So. Yeah, I think they're a playoff team. I don't know if I would say 12 or 13 wins, but I think they're a pr- pretty good shot at the playoffs. I think you guys are too high on Cam Newton, though. Look, I mean, he played solid po- uh, pre-COVID. high on the rest of the team. 13 wins? I mean, that, that doesn't sound no, like I'm that. saying I, I think they could reach 12 or 13 wins, and it wouldn't shock. Okay. I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I mean, He's going to need to play top 15, Cam, though. He's going to need to play like, top 15, top I think he can. I really think he can. And I same thing with Mac Jones. If you plug Mac Jones in, he's going to be like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's going to be a good quarterback. Frank, there's a lot of good quarterbacks in the NFL. Top 15 is harder than it doesn't need to be. I think he just needs to be average. That the rest of the team is spent. Think about it. They have a top five offensive line. That defense is going to be fantastic. Matthew Judon's a great passer that they added. The secondary, obviously, the corners that they have. Dante Hightower coming back, top 10 linebacker in the NFL. I mean, I don't know. I, I think they're very, very underrated. And having those two tight ends is going to be huge for Cam, considering they're, they're going to be over the middle of the field. They're going to try and run the ball. They're going to go back to their old ways. They're going to be running the football 25 times a game and you know, pound, controlling the clock, playing good defense, field position battle. I think they're going to win a lot of games. They're going to surprise a lot of people this year. That, that's yeah. why I say they have a high, high ceiling, because I, I do think like when you – Talk about it like that, Frank. Like it obviously is pretty like convincing. It's pretty intriguing. Like, oh, you know, look, maybe they could play smash, smash, uh, smash mouth football. But like, I just think that Cam could easily be like bottom five. He turn his arms not the same anymore. He turns the ball over a lot. I mean, but if Cam's bottom best option, if Cam's bottom five, you go right to Mac. But Mac's bad too. I mean, Mac. I don't. I don't think so. That's just me. It's pretty likely that they both could be really bad. I mean, at least I I think Mac is. I, I don't think the quarterback play will be that important for this team. They're going to win football games based off their defense and their run game at the end of the day. And then, you know, with the short passing game with their tight ends, I, I don't think they need an elite But what's the most important position in football? Well, it's the it's quarterback. quarterback. This team, this but team ben, you're like the sheets where they need a guy to throw the ball 50 yards on the field every play. Like, they can win the game running the ball. They can win the game getting stops on defense. You're really high on Jimmy Garoppolo and the Niners. I mean, that's a it's a, you know, kind of a similar situation to the Patriots. They have a really mm-hmm. good roster. They don't rely on the quarterback play to win them games. They rely on the team around him. The Niners th- roster is better than the Patriots roster. I don't on. think by that I don't much. Think so. I really don't think it's by that close. much. I, okay, they I don't think, have a Nick. Bo- they don't have a Nick Post on their defense. I'll, I'll say that they don't have a okay, star-studded edge rusher. They have Stephon Gilmore in the yeah. Secondary. That would be the Niners don't have Gilmore. Yeah. yeah. Then I mean they don't. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I mean. I mean Fred Warner, Dante. Like I get it, but. Listen, that defense, Fred Ward, yeah, they're pretty legit, dude. You look but the at pass the- offensive line is good too. Playmakers okay. are about even. Um, they have George Kittle, obviously, which you know could give them the edge. But I'm telling you that the Patriots team is very underrated. I, I really think so. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll, we'll talk about my New York Jets now. Uh, the key additions, obviously, Zach Wilson, the number two overall pick. They got Tevin Coleman, similar scheme with the nine uh, from the Niners, and you know we have that coaching staff now. Obviously, uh, Corey Davis they added. 
had a breakout season last year. Elijah Vera Tucker, they traded up for him, and then they picked Elijah Moore, the stud receiver, in the second round. Obviously, they lost Sam. They traded him to Carolina. Joe Flacco's gone, who was a solid backup quarterback, actually. Played better than Sam Darnold last year. Then they lost Brashad Perriman at the receiver position. Uh, we have the strengths down as a defensive line. I, I think you could say that before uh, the Carl Lawson injury. Um, but they added Shaq Lawson now, obviously, with trades still. I would say the wide receiver group is pretty deep with Cole, Crowder, Moore, and then Davis. But this team really doesn't have like a positional group that stands out, I'd say, now. Uh, weaknesses is the cornerbacks, obviously. They're toast. Uh, record prediction, 5-12. and 12. I think that's about fair. I think that I had them winning four games. But I think, honestly, the offense is going to kind of surprise people. I always thought, you know, at the beginning with, you know, having Robert Sala and then Carl Lawson and, like, Quinn and Williams, that the defense was going to be the better group of this team. But I think the offense is going to be, to be honest with you. I really liked what I saw so far in the preseason. Not much, Like, although they didn't show that much, but uh, the offense, I think, is going to be pretty solid this season. I don't know about, you know, incredible, but I think that offense will be good. They'll win some games because of the intensity that they play with. Um, but I think they're going in the right direction, at least at this point. Mm-hmm. They, um, I think the offense will definitely surprise people. Zach Wilson's solid so far in the preseason. So if he keeps that up in the regular season, you know, they'll look pretty good. Corey Davis looks good. And then I think their offensive line can be decent. They have some young pieces on there. So, you know, if things come together, they could definitely surprise people. Um, and then I think their defensive line can definitely be a really good unit, but the rest of their defense is kind of shaky right now. So we'll see. They're a young the team, Jets, though. We'll get there. The Jets are the worst team in this division, though, and it's not, not really particularly oh, well, close. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, but they're I mean, also rebuilding. The other three oh, teams well, are kind of like win. They've been – I mean, yeah, look. I mean, it's weird with these teams because it's like being a Knicks fan almost the past couple of years. Like, and it's like the Kings, I think, nowadays is like – I think the rebuilds – I mean, it kind of failed because they started the rebuild in like 2015, but then they had to rebuild again after being in rebuild mode because it like failed the first time with Sam Darnold. So this is like the new part of a new rebuild with obviously Zach Wilson. Um, so for the Jets, four wins, five, that would be good. Four or five wins this season would be definitely good. I think the AFC schedule, you know, it's not the hardest, not the easiest. I think it's more on the easy side, they said, right, with the with everyone in the AFC is having that easy schedule. So if the Jets five, four wins, I could definitely see around them. Around that range, and to be honest with you, I this might sound a little bit biased, but I I could see them maybe even getting six or seven. I, I come on, if man. the offense plays good, it's an easy. It's the, listen, the coaching a, staff, the coaching staff that they have, is a very good coaching staff. You've seen what the Niners have done the past few years. It's pretty. It's very similar to the coaching staff that the Niners have, and you know they got the best out of that defense last year with a lot of injuries that they had. I I think the Jets don't have a great roster. No. But I think they're going in the right direction. This coaching staff is one of the more underrated ones in the league. And I think they're going to show everyone this year that it is good and should be good going forward. So, mm-hmm. I mean, according to you, the Patriots winning 13 games, Jets winning seven. I mean, what is this? Like, what do we have? Every team in the AFC used to be like oh, undefeated? That's, the, that's what I'm saying. I could. Uh, the I, highest. Honestly. Okay, the highest. I, I, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, that's – that's I, the obviously, I said like four or five, but I, I could see that. Yeah, Same thing yeah. with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. All right, let's move on to the Buffalo Bills now. Um, they had a pretty uh, quiet offseason. I would say they kept their, you know, their core guys together for the most part, nothing too crazy. But they added Emmanuel Sanders, and then they drafted Greg Rousseau late in the first round. They lost John Brown and Brian Winters, nothing too big, as I said. Um, the strength of this team is their quarterback play if Josh Allen plays like he did last year, and then their wide receivers are super deep. Their weaknesses, I, I can't really pinpoint one specific weakness on this team. Their defense is kind of average, but they still have some really good players. So 
but I mean, I think their offense can be tremendous again this year. And then I guess their running back room is a little shallow as well, but this is the best team in the AFC East. I have them going 13 and four. They couldn't win 14 games. Maybe. Um, I think I just see a very similar season to last year. They just, there's no reason to think otherwise. Yes, yeah, similar season to last year. I mean, Josh Allen looked really good in the preseason yesterday. I know it's just mm-hmm. a preseason, but he threw that dart um, in the end zone. So the Bills, I mean, Stephon Diggs, Josh Allen, you know, the same crew. I mean, they didn't really lose anyone too big. If you, if you really look at it, like John Brown was their biggest loss. Okay, I mean, so what? You can, you can get over that. I mean, they have Gabe Davis as their wide receiver three, like Isaiah McKenzie. Like, they have a pretty good receiving core, underrated one, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs. I mean, they have so Sanders many guys. Too. And Sanders, so that's five guys I just named. And four of them are really good. Like Gabe Davis as a wide receiver four is, I mean, that's pretty scary. I mean, he, he's a really, probably the best wide receiver four in the league if we're, if we're keeping track of that. But yeah, the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen should throw for what, like near 5,000 passing yards in 17 games. And then, you know, they yeah. should have some success offensively. Defensively, they're better. But I'm kind of scared about the running game still. Like if, is it just, is it just going to be Josh Allen, you know, in the offense? passing for 5,000 yeah. yards to get them wins because last year the running game was non-existent. It's going to be like that again this year. They, but, you know, they can use Josh Allen's legs when they need to and, uh, you know, give Moss and Singletary a couple carries each. But like you said, they're not going to run the ball. They're just going to throw the ball. And I think the defense, honestly, will be a little bit better than last year. Rousseau's look pretty solid in the preseason so far. But I think their weakness is the, the pass rushing. They got to get to the quarterback. Jerry Hughes is obviously getting older now. Hopefully Rousseau could be solid. I mean, think about it. Before the last season and he opted out, he was going to be a top three pick in the draft. Yeah. You know, so he has that potential. And then Matt Milano coming back in last year, didn't play a lot of games because injury. I think that's big in the middle of the defense. So I think the defense will be a little bit better. And offense, I, you know, I think they're just going to pick up right where they left off. So like you, like you said earlier, Grav, this is easily the best team in the AFCs. Mm-hmm. And also I believe a star Latulale, he opted out last year. So he's going to be back in the middle of that defensive line, helping them out. Help on the run run game. Yeah, yeah. This but was yeah, a I defense. Think they be better than last year defensively. This was a defense two years ago that was like number three in the entire NFL 2019. That was kind of the reason why they made the playoffs. It was kind of weird what the Bills did like the past two seasons. 2019, their defense is is stacked. Josh Allen is kind of the Achilles heel of the team. Last year, the complete opposite. So, I mean, if this year they can get both of them clicking, this could be a Super Bowl bound team yeah, easily. I mean, sure. all right, let's move on to the Miami Dolphins. I mean, this is a team that honestly, to me, is one of the more overrated teams just because of you know their quarterback to attack of Aloha. And it's not that like I think he's, you know, just gonna be a bust. I mean, I don't think he's a bust, but he's definitely not good. And he's a second year quarterback. So he's still really young and he's a quarterback that's gonna need developing. And this roster that they have now is in win now mode and with Tua. I'm not sure how how successful they can be in winning now because you know of his limitations, but for the Dolphins, they, their key additions were Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle. So they definitely bolstered up the wide receiver core, added Jalen Phillips in the draft as well, and Matt Skears. Um, they lost Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy who um, kind of was their scapegoat last year in some games. You know, he won on that Raiders game single-handedly. I can tell you that much with, that, with those incredible throws. I mean, won a couple other games that I'm, I'm blanking about. But, I mean, that's it's not a big loss. Like, I'm not going to be like – just a complete to a hater. Cause I think to it, you know, who knows, maybe he could turn around with the new weapons, but it, it definitely is a loss from what he did last season for them is what I'll, is what I'll say. Um, and then, you know, their, their strengths, obviously the wide receivers with, you know, Will Fuller, Jalen Waddle, Devonte Parker, um, Mike Asicki, even as a tight end who plays like a receiver. I mean, it, it pretty much with, you know, 
how he plays. And, you know, my record prediction for them, or I guess our record prediction overall, I would say either nine and eight, eight and nine, 10 and seven for exact number. I'll say nine and eight. Yeah, I think I have them around the same mark, but we didn't talk about this yet, but the offensive line down in Miami is not good. It's not good. It's not. It's a bottom five unit in the National Football League. And, you know, they might play, they played decent last year, but it's not good. And the recipe for a disaster and a bad football team, like we talk about all the time, is a bad offensive line and poor quarterback play. And I know two has had a pretty good, you know, preseason so far. And, and they did help. That doesn't matter, by, though. By adding playmakers. I, I think he'll be a little bit better, but you don't have Ryan Fitzpatrick to come in and bail you out anymore. Um, so, I don't know. I like the defense that they have. They also have a huge advantage playing down in Miami. Every every team talks about how tough it is to go down there and play in that 100-degree weather uh, for, for their road games. So, listen, I could see them maybe winning 11 or 12 games at the best, but I think this is a 9- or 10-win uh, football team. I think they're going to stay around where they were last year. Um, and I don't know. They might miss the playoffs, honestly, or make it as a wild card team. The AFC is pretty deep this year. Like I said, the recipe for disaster for a bad football team is a bad quarterback, poor quarterback playing a bad offensive line. And their offensive line is not talked about enough how bad it is because it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. This is a fringe playoff team. They're the third best team in the division, in my opinion. Patriots yeah. definitely have the edge there. And yeah, I just, I'm not sold on Tua yet. But you keep saying they don't have um, Fitzpatrick to bail them out anymore. Maybe they have Jacoby Brissett to bail them out now. I don't know. It'll be Jacoby interesting to see Brissette. how that pans out. But I'm just, oh, I'm just worried about Tua, man. I was a fan of his coming out of the draft, but obviously you got to give the quarterbacks time. But as you said, the bad offensive line makes everything worse. It's just, yeah. They're, Dolphins, they're, Dolphins are in a tough spot this year with, with that. But mm-hmm. I mean, they added some really good receivers, which, which we, we should talk about. You know, Jalen Waddle could be the best rookie receiver in the class. Yeah. He definitely has that potential like right now. And with Jamar Chase and his um, struggles, I guess we'll say. But look, obviously, Jamar Chase has time to figure it out as well. But Jalen Waddles looked really good in the preseason action. Um, if we're even, you know, taking that into account. And training so, camp. Yeah. He's been yeah. dominating. But the thing, the thing with this team, though, is too, like you said, Ben, earlier, this is like a team that with a really good quarterback, they could be like Super Bowl contenders with that great defense that they have. And, you know, how long do great defenses last? I think this defense will always be pretty solid because of Brian Flores obviously being there. But, I mean – you have you have Howard and you know Byron Jones. You know this defense is you know great. It's if they play they play well and adding playmakers is important. The Giants did the same thing, but at the end of the day, what's more important, playmakers or an offensive line? Look at the Indianapolis Colts. Do they really have any playmakers that are standouts? No, but their offensive line is great and it works. So we'll see. I will. The Dolphins are going to be an interesting team to see how it plays out this upcoming season. I would say. Yeah, I don't know if the Dolph, I don't know if the the Colts, excuse me, have had it work, have had it worked out the past couple of years. I mean, they've been at best a seventh seed in the wild card last but year. But they made the playoffs. They, were they made the playoffs one year, but then the, both, the year you before they missed it. You need playmakers and you need an offensive line. Well, yeah, obviously, but it's more important having an offensive line than playmakers. Oh, I, I agreed. It starts with the offensive line. I mean, you can have all the time, you can have, you know, the best playmakers in the world, but if you don't have time to throw the ball, then you're done. I mean, it's a combination still, of both, though. It's a combination yeah, of both. Yeah. Definitely. But, I mean, the Colts made the playoffs. The Dolphins didn't. They blew the last game against the Bills when, you know, Josh Allen played a half. Because two or three, what, five picks? Yeah, they play, They they got blown at like 35 nothing in the first half, so they had no chance yeah. of coming back. That was terrible. Disaster. All right. Well, let's talk about some bad news, unfortunately. Um, J.K. Dobbins uh, in the preseason game against the Washington football team 
suffered a torn ACL injury. Um, just awful, kind of just tough luck. Last preseason game, he was, you know, crushing it in training camp. Really came onto the scene last year for the Ravens. Had 10 touchdowns when he became the starter in that offense. Changed the dynamic of the running game that they had. And uh, he's going down now. So, you know, it's going to be a lot a lot more Lamar running and Gus Edwards, too. Uh, people were saying that they brought Todd Gurley in during the summer for a visit, so they might possibly sign him. But uh, I think this is a big loss, and it hurts the Ravens' offense a lot, considering that, you know, the offense runs based on how the run game goes. Yeah, I mean, I guess, but I still think, like, you know, the Gus bus is really good, and I think Justice Hill can come in and give them some solid running. It'll be a running back by committee now, and maybe they will bring in a guy like Gurley. But, I mean, obviously, J.K. Dobbins is a really talented young player, but at the end of the day, the running back position is kind of dispensable. So I really think the Ravens will be fine as long as Lamar Jackson's there, as long as they still got, you know, their offensive line, their whole scheme, they'll be fine. They're in, they're in a tough position right now on offense, though, because, you know, Marquise Brown's hurt, Bateman's hurt. Now J.K. Dobbins, you know, a lot of the guys that they were relying on to have Lamar surrounded by the best cast that he's had on offense are, are not going to be there. So mm-hmm. at least for the first well, couple of weeks for some of them. Gus Edwards has been over the years, an extremely efficient running back. Like he hasn't gotten a lot of carries, but when he's gotten them, he's averaged like over six yards of carry. So this would really be a good test to see if um, efficiency matters as an RB, like when you get a severe workload and, you know, if he's as good as advertised with this efficiency, I mean, this could be a seamless transition with, with Gus Edwards. Obviously, they'll need some more depth in, in the backfield. Maybe Todd Gurley, you know, gets you know gets signed by the Ravens, or Mark Ingram gets traded back. I don't know, but it's like 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 they didn't have a good running back back in 2019. Mark Ingram was okay, but he still kind of lost step from his New Orleans days in in that, in that year even. So, I think as long as you have Lamar Jackson, you're fine. The running back, you know, pressure gets relieved off you when you have a guy like Lamar, the dual threat. So. For them, it's it's not really the biggest loss in the world. Like, I don't think this should kind of change how you view the Ravens and if you think they're going to win the division, if you think the Browns are better. But for fantasy, I mean, this is kind of more of a fantasy thing, obviously for J.K. Dobbins himself and his family. I mean, because running backs only get, what, like six good years of, of prime football. So to see one of them go, it's, it's always tough, man, especially with the running backs. I, it kind of hits home because, like, Saquon, seeing him you know, down the past two years, it's always tough when you see a running back get hurt because – you know, their days are numbered and they're not like, you know, the quarterbacks or even like any other position in football. Yeah. Interestingly enough, um, his agent tweeted out that he was like, this is only year two of 20 for Dobbins. So he'll be back. Yeah, he did and tweet I, that out. You know, I saw that. Like but... the, you hope that he can play that long, but that's just not realistic. You know, like well, history Frank Gore, what year is Frank Gore going on? Like year 14, year 15? Yeah, is Gore even on an active No, Gore's roster? not on a roster. He's not on a roster anymore, so he, he's he done. He really but... hasn't been good in a while anyway, and he's also just an exception to the rule. Dude, who knows? He, he might get signed midseason by a team that needs a running back. I, I think that's what's going to happen, because I don't think he retired yet. Mm-hmm. Or did he? I don't think he officially no, he announced the retirement. So mm-hmm. maybe he'll like come back midseason to like the Bucks and get a championship. That'd be awesome. Mm-hmm. But, um, Yeah. All right, let's talk about some Minshew mania. He was traded to the Eagles. Um, the Jaguars got a conditional sixth-round pick from the Eagles. I think it could move up to a fifth if Minshew plays enough or something like that. So, I mean, obviously this is interesting. It was only a matter of time before Minshew got traded, really, because I, I guess you could argue he's too good to just be sitting behind Trevor Lawrence. He's shown enough that he can be a starting-caliber quarterback. So, you know, like, is he going to back up Jalen Hurts now? Or if Jalen Hurts doesn't play well, can we see Minshew maybe starting in Philly? I think this is a really interesting situation we got going on here. It is. I mean, Jalen Hurts and Gardner Minshew are kind of comparable in terms of like rankings, I guess. They're both like 
upside kind of. I think Jalen Hurts is more upside though. Cause I, so I would start, I would definitely start Jalen Hurts over um, Gardner Minshew. But I guess bringing him in doesn't hurt, right? I mean, it doesn't hurt to bring in another quarterback for only a six-round pick. Mm-hmm. But it's only a six-round pick, so it's whatever. But they signed Joe Flacco to be their backup, and he's their backup right now for good money. And then they just traded for Gardner Minshew. Why do they need three quarterbacks? You know, Nick Sirianni, what he's doing down there, we, we don't know. I mean, but I think then, it's, it doesn't hurt, though. I, I think just having a guy who would upside like Minshew, who could turn into something, Maybe Sirianni likes him a lot as a guy. I think Flacco, who cares about Flacco and the money he's making? It's not like the Eagles have anyone to pay anyone anyway. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, mm-hmm. I think Flacco is going to be kind of the guy who's kicked to the curb and Minshew and Hertz will battle it out for QB1. I don't know. You know, the, the, the part of the story that we need to be talking about is the Jacksonville part of this and the fact that Urban Meyer, who's already established himself as the worst coach in the National Football League for letting a guy that they just traded for a six-round pick split reps with your number one overall pick and saying there's a QB battle, like that—that's a joke. You had I Gardner disagree, Richie. Though. How? Be- because look, he did that because he wanted to have Trevor Lawrence get some competition. Now, but why would he be splitting reps if he's going to trade this guy for a six-round pick? The guy has no value. Well, no, he that was splitting no reps because he wanted to pressure Lawrence into you know competing as hard as he possibly could. That's stupid. That's I-, stupid. I don't think that's stupid because you don't want to. You don't like, draft like the Tre- number one. You don't like draft Trevor the Lawrence one. said though, Frank. You don't get handed over the keys to any job. That's not how it works. You have to work for it. So I guess he didn't really work for it, right? Like, obviously, he didn't actually So why would you take job, reps but... away from the number one overall pick? You knew he was going to start. Everyone knew Because it. you're trying to create an environment where it seems like it's competition. But you're everyone doing knows your best. it's not. You, take away re- you took away valuable reps from a young guy. He needs those reps. That's a, oh, That was does... stupid. I don't think that Trevor was... Lawrence necessarily lost reps, did he? Yeah, he yeah, was like... taking... They were splitting some of the first team reps in training camp with Minshew because it was a don't so you close think they have enough bad. reps though uh, yes, for like the whole I training think camp? Competition's a good thing for anybody. And you know, at the end of the day, look look at look at Lawrence today. You really think it affected him? He was he was he was tremendous in his last preseason game. And I at the end of the day, competition's only a good thing. I don't know. I, I just think it's stupid. I, I wouldn't give someone reps that I knew that at the end of the day. That was all just a publicity stunt. Nobody, everyone knew that Trevor Lawrence was stunt. I just think they wanted Trevor Lawrence to really earn his spot on the roster. Yeah. I mean, you see what the Patriots do. They don't even give their rookies numbers until they feel like they earn their spot. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. Even if you're the first overall pick, you still have to earn your spot in the NFL. Everyone knew he was Whoa. starting though. Gardner Minshew's a game manager at best. He's not good. No, I think the, I, I agree with that. Competition is good, but let's be honest. It were, it really wasn't a competition. Like, do you think they would actually, if, if Trevor Lawrence did everything in his power to lose a job, they would still hand it to him. Exactly. What you, That's what I'm you saying. can't bench a number one overall pick. It's not and, possible. You and can't then you're taking that. reps away from him and giving it. And you just gave the guy up for then a six round pick. Like well, Frank, they probably had tons of reps. I, I'm sure he went after practicing yeah. more reps and stuff. Like I, I'm sure reps aren't the issue they, here. They absolutely got Trevor Lawrence involved enough to like, to the point where they know what he's what he can do and like they saw enough of him and they got him experience it's just an interesting strategy for urban meyer to take kind of in my opinion at least i just thought they could have gotten more value for Minshew though i thought like maybe a fourth rounder because you know maybe he's not the best and he definitely has his weaknesses but he can still start on an nfl team and there's not many quarterbacks who can do that Dude, i'm telling no. you nfl um the nfl trades the people the the player the star player the team that gets a star player always wins excuse me couldn't say that for a little bit but because, like, you see the trades with, like, the Jaguars and the, the, the Saints, the hypothetical trades for Michael Thomas. It's C.J. Henderson for Michael Thomas straight up. Like, that's mm-hmm. obviously highway robbery for, you know, for the Jags. And getting Michael with, Thomas. With a lot of draft picks, when a lot of draft picks are involved, like, you're almost guaranteed to miss on some of those draft picks. 
you know, like in the NFL, it's like a lottery. So many of those draft Dude, picks. Honestly, if I were a GM, I would just trade for a bunch of stars, like fourth round picks, a bunch of like washed up stars, for like third rounders. Look, look at the Rams. They teams. haven't had a first round pick in what, four years? And they're not going to have another first round pick for another like four, another, five another four years. years, another four years. And they've yeah. been one of the best teams in the NFL over the, over this time period, making the playoffs year after year. So like you said, are draft picks really that valuable or, you know, trading for someone that is worth like Jalen Ramsey for two first round picks. It was, that's a no brainer. The guy's the second best defensive player in the NFL possibly. So like, yeah, I think they could be valuable if you know how to draft. Right? I mean, look at the bucks. They kind of built their Super Bowl team just off of drafting well the last few years. So it just depends but I who do they add in free agency? I mean, we, come on, we all know this. Yeah, well, I mean, they but, added Brady in free agency. But let's be realistic. Who were their best players? Mike Evans and Godwin drafted. They're, they're like their entire defense outside of, well, I guess JPP and Shaq Barrett, but they're linebackers, they're secondary all through the draft, all great young players. You know? Yeah, but if you don't add, if you add even Watson to that team, they don't win the Super Bowl. Yeah, if you don't add Brady, you don't, you don't win that Super Bowl. So yeah. that's, what I, that's the way I see that's it. That's fair. But they still built a competitive football team through the draft. And I just think there's yeah. multiple ways to build. There's multiple ways to build, but some of these like GMs, I don't understand their logic behind some of the, these trades where, for example, like, you know, you see um, DeAndre Hopkins go for what, a second round pick? Like, I don't understand well, how you think that, I don't understand how you think a second round pick's going to be better than DeAndre Hopkins, who's the best receiver and one of the best receivers in football. Like that trade even, is an outlier, though. Everybody knew that trade was yeah, but crap, crap. Even if you get Watson or uh, Hopkins for like three, four years, in the draft pick, you get for seven. The draft pick, there's no guarantee he's even good anyway. I, I agree with I mean, that. There's it's no like, it's silly. Trade. I mean, yeah. That trade I wonder, has the second-round pick gotten used yet, though? Because I don't think anyone's ever talked about that. No one really ever talks about, like, who the second-round pick was. Maybe I'm it's, like, a future sure, one. But I know that if the second-round pick was used on a receiver that's as good as DeAndre Hopkins, we would know about it by now. Yeah, no, we would definitely know about it. That is facts. All right, let's move on to Mailbag Monday, our last topic of the episode. Um, our first question comes – wait, actually, I got to scroll to the, the end of this little thing here. But our is first question – for Instagram? It's from uh, Instagram. This is from Instagram. Our first question comes from Trent. Is Jalen Hurts capable of uh, having a Lamar Jackson-type second year? No. No. So is Jalen Hurts capable of that? For, forget about the talent of the two players. The Eagles just aren't built to succeed right now. The Ravens had a very good team in place already. Yeah, the Ravens made the playoffs the first year with Lamar Jackson. Mm-hmm. And they were then, a consistent playoff team with Flacco, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and then they were good before he even got there, like you said, with Flacco. So I don't mm-hmm. think this is really comparable. The roster for the Eagles is, is pretty bad right now, if you look One at it. One of the worst in the NFL right now. All right, Bo asked, who do you think is better, Kyle Pitts or Mark Andrews? So we got a question from Bo, who has a Kyle Pitts – Profile picture. So keep in mind, he's a big Kyle Pitts guy. Mark Andrews is better because Pitts hasn't played yet, but I think Pitts could be the fourth best tight end after the end of the season, maybe even. Yeah, I agree completely. It's, it's tough it's to rank, to rank rookies, rank though. Yeah, like, what yeah. Do you mean, like, I mean, it makes no sense to rank a rookie. Like, well, how do we even know how good they are? Like, we don't. I mean, yeah. watch college football, but I mean, but Frank, Frank, come on. We've seen Jamarcus Russell light up college football. I mean, no, it, I know. That's what I'm saying. I, I said based off like talent. No, Andrews is better right now, and Andrews has played. But you can still project that they will be top ten by the end of the year. I mean, look at Justin Jefferson; he was a top ten receiver last year as a rookie. It's definitely yeah. possible. And like, I think there's no doubt Kyle Pitts will be like top six this year at the very worst. I yeah, because the tight end group's also just worse than very receivers. shallow. Yeah. Very shallow. It's really pool. shallow. There's only there's only like three elite tight end, like elite tight ends, like Waller, Kittle, Kelsey. But that's I think Pitts away is from Kyle Pitts. I think guy. Pitts is going to be in that conversation. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be the fourth guy. 
That's yeah. why I got him in fantasy football. I drafted him. Kind of a reach, but I mean, I I did it. It's gonna be bro. It's a good pick. The Fal- you we all know how Matt Ryan and the Falcons love to lose games and throw their way back into it. So yeah. Not the new definitely. king of garbage time now that Matt Stafford's on the uh, Rams now. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is officially the garbage the garbage time king in fantasy. No, Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan. Oh, Matt, Matt Ryan. Ryan sorry. Yeah. Not, not Matt yeah. Stafford. Yeah, Matt Matthew Ryan. Stafford, no, Matthew Stafford will be winning a lot Bro, of games. He, he's been the king for years, though, Matt Ryan. I'm a, I'm a first uh, hand, uh, I'm a first hand bystander to that, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, I, I, I've had him on my fantasy Matt Ryan team was past winning two for years. years, though. It's only been like the last two or three years they've sucked. Yeah, but he's been a fantasy machine in the fourth quarter. Yeah, um, that's fair. So, we got a question um, from Dave. He says, should I not draft Josh Jacobs? I've been hearing a lot of, you know, slander on his name recently. I wouldn't draft him in a fantasy. I'm not. I'm, Frank, I, I have him on my, on my team, though. This kind of hurts. I had to draft well, him. You like don't the, like him the because they got round. Kenyon Drake and their whole offense really kind of regressed. Their offensive line got worse. They lost Listen, their two He's going to carry the offense. He's going to carry the load. Just I just like think the Raiders can be a bad team when, here. They have another running back, though. How much can he possibly, like, you know. Well, Kenyon Drake, I mean, he promised everyone he would win their fantasy leagues like a year ago, and he Kenyon Drake is not going to do much, I'm assuming. Well, he's going to take Maybe away touches will. from Josh Jacobs, and that's all that matters in fantasy as well oh, touches, touches, definitely. touches. That's why Derrick Henry is the king and always will be the king. Gets 30 touches a game. Oh, well, speaking of Derrick Henry, this guy asked, who should I take in non-PPR formats? He's the Derrick second Henry's overall the pick. Derrick Henry's like, he's the first... second overall pick, So, but he, CMC is then probably going to one in that. I'm taking Dalvin Cook. Yeah, so he said Cook or Henry – Pick two in non PPR. Henry, if it's a standard league, Henry's the best player. Derrick Henry is available. Pick better two. than McCaffrey. Yeah. In standard leagues, Henry's Derek the best. Henry had twenty one hundred rushing. No, I get year. it. So in like when you look at like the PPR or non PPR like mock drafts, Henry goes one every time. No, I'm saying I would pick him one every time. Oh, okay, I'm taking him one every time. I think well. McCaffrey goes one in every single. Yeah, draft. but in a in a standard league, like you cannot go wrong with Derrick Henry because he rushes the ball twenty five times a week. I mean, dude, he's been this dominant for like two games against the Texans every year where you're guaranteed 37 points. Are we worried about his workload, though? Huh? No. Are we worried about the workload? I mean, eventually it's going to catch up to him. Okay, maybe in two or three years, but I'm only drafting him for this year. I'm not drafting him for 2025. I don't care. It's not a dynasty, so... I think think next year could be the first year. I mean, running backs only have that three-year window of of being dominant. That's next year's problem. That's next year. Oh, that's for sure. All right, and lastly... Um, any NBA trades you want to see from our guy Joe? So Joe asked, any NBA trades you guys want to see um, this offseason? Obviously, the NBA is kind of like dead right now. We, had, we didn't have a single NBA topic on today's show. We're not going to have a trade until, I guess, two or three weeks into the season, I would say, or maybe a month. So I would like to see the Warriors. The Pascal Siakam rumors are heating up, though. Well, to where? Yeah. Golden State? To, to we Sacramento. We, we oh all obviously want to see Damian Lillard get <laughs> no, out No, Sacramento and Toronto having some – Pretty oh um, engaging conversation. It's like a meaningless trade, though. Like, but I'm telling it, you, it's Damian, not involving Darren Fox. So not involving Fox. Damian Lillard out of Portland, Bradley Beal out of Washington, and Ben Simmons out of Philly. I, I think you know that we'll dude, the Ben it. Simmons one's got to happen soon. We'll There's see at least no one way of those trades happen. There. And and I think the Warriors will be involved. Uh, to be honest with you, but we'll see. Well, Wiseman, yeah, Wiseman's gone, dude. Let's be honest. Wiseman is gone. And I think those draft picks. Not the gone. Warriors really like the young core they got with Kuminga, Moody, and uh, Wiseman. I don't know. All right, yeah. If, if there super- were to be some blockbuster trade, the Warriors will be at the center of it, 100%. Definitely. All right, that's going to be it for the Sneaky Sports Podcast Season 3, episode number 65 on this Monday, August 30th, 2021. Um, I think, I mean, I have, I've had my classes today for college. My first classes have like three of them so far. So I'm um, getting in just into that college life, I guess, 
over here in my freshman dorm room. But I mean, it's actually not that bad. It's not, it's not the, the worst dorm. So definitely will take it. Um, once again, I think I actually forgot to say this in the beginning of the episode, which is unfortunate, but make sure to rate and review the podcast. Um, it, it really does help out a lot with the reviews. If you could leave a review of five star, of course, it would be greatly appreciated on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And you can follow our socials, our Instagram, our TikTok, our Twitter, um, as well yeah. as our YouTube. If you're, you know, if you're watching on YouTube, you can subscribe, like this video. It really does help out a lot. Do it for your boys. Um, and thank you guys for 150K on TikTok and 13,000 on YouTube. We really appreciate the support. Of course, that de- de- definitely for, for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, not really any last words from me. I think Frank's got to go in like five minutes. So we're going to cut this, th- cut this thing. Um, not cut this thing short, but we, we finished already. So that's going to be it from us. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Peace, everyone.